Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. Do you, do you cuss on this? I do. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. I don't Neil, want to be like, Neil doesn't cuss. I, I try not to whenever I, I can, but I, I just don't want to be like, fuck, and then all of a sudden be like, do we have a huge Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> we have a huge Mormon. <laughs> oh, shit. Neil, Neil doesn't, Neil, Neil will spell it out. He okay. doesn't cuss. I just, that's an, I just don't care. That's all. <laughs> I got potty mouth like a motherfucker. It's a thing. You are now listening to... Bet your ash. With 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 Cornelius and McGee. with 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 what are we smoking today, my friend? We today are smoking... Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> we actually have someone from the cigar manufacturer that we are actually reviewing today. And, um... Dead silence. That's always the best. No, no. I, 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 you know, I, I, I thought I you were going to introduce me. <laughs> I didn't know if I had to like, come in, like, starting at point guard for well, North Carolina, number 23. Because, like, see, usually, going, usually I overdo it, and then sometimes I underdo it, yeah. and I says, well, this time, let me just... It's great for listening. Please don't cut the awkward silence. I will not. That's what makes that always out. It's episode 70. You'd think you'd get this part down. Like, (laughs) dead air is bad. I know, I know, I know. know. But but the anticipation. I was working on it in my anticipation. It worked. I liked it. Okay. I'm sure he left the ringer on on the phone, too. From (laughs) LaFleur. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Every episode. (laughs) A little Bush League. But anyway, LaFleur Dominicana, we have in the house today. And we have Jared from Chicago. What's going on, guys? I'm in Chicago. I'm from Colorado. Oh, but oh right, 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 right. Yeah, from... don't, don't do that to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Colorado Springs. But Colorado I Springs. lived in Denver for a while. Nice. So. Gotcha. Nice. Gotcha. Yeah. But in the, in, in the shy, you know, that's where I'm from. But You just did a little role yeah. reversal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colorado now Springs. I'm in Colorado yeah. and you're in Chicago. There you go. You traded places. But what are we smoking today? Let's start there. So we're smoking the uh, Reserve Especial from the Florida Dominicana. Um, it's a really cool line from us. It's actually the second mm-hmm. cigar... Second cigar line that we made um, in 1998, and uh, this is a completely different blend than what we made in 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an Ecuadorian uh, Corojo wrapper, Dominican binder, a little bit of Nicaraguan filler in it. The cool thing about this cigar is if, if anyone's ever heard of our Andalusian Bull, which was the mm-hmm. number one cigar of 2016 from Cigar Aficionado, this is going to be a really similar blend. Mm-hmm to the Andalusian Bull. It's got a lot of same country of origin on the tobacco, um, some of the same tobaccos that are mixed in there, um, and it's actually readily available, which anyone who's trying to find the Andalusian Bull can tell you, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find. That's, that's the tough. unicorn that you're trying it's to find. It's a rare so, find. So it's great. It's cool, too, because it's not what we're known for. You know, We gotcha. usually are known for making these full-bodied, kick-in-the-teeth yes. cigars, double a hero, chapter ones, chapter twos, Lenox mm-hmm. items like that. Um, but the majority of our portfolio is more medium-bodied with a ton of flavor. Mm. And that's why I love this cigar, and I love giving this cigar out to guys, because then they kind of see where we come from. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. I kind of started early on my cigar, and 
it really, you know, it really airs out well, you know, um, and then you ju you're just left with the flavor and uh, real smooth, real creamy, not, you know, very easy on the palate. Um, you know, something I'm actually I'm drinking a beer. Me too. I'm living on the edge, man. I don't care. You're about drinking it. the Corona. I don't care. You're drinking the Corona. First off, I'm indestructible, so it's not like <laughs> it's not, no virus is gonna get me. <laughs> You're drinking uh, the Corona. Yeah, I'll be fine. Okay. So Someone said the Corona like sales have gone down. Yeah, Thirty-eight something. Oh, yeah. like I think that's crap. I think they should have gone up. You would think because <laughs> it's in the name. If you drink Corona, you don't get the virus. You would think. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm just Corona Light. I think Extra is the one that makes you immune. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll drink a ton of these, and if, if I don't get the virus, we know we're good. I'll have no liver, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, um, what do you? What is? Your, what are your initial? My thoughts on this yeah, cigar. Yeah, oh, I thought you were gonna ask me about Corona. I'm like, no, it's no, not no. my first. Time. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is my first Reserva Especial. I've had the mm -hmm. Andalusian Bull. I've had a couple other mm -hmm. other cigars. Um, from LFD, but that's that Andalusian. I didn't realize that it was the similar blend, but now that you, as soon as you said oh, it, so I could, he, yeah, I, I can definitely it. taste it. Smoke them next next to each other. Oh, yeah. You're gonna see it. And obviously, this has a little higher priming wrapper, so it's gonna give you a little bit richer than the Andalusian Bowl. Mm -hmm. And obviously, that size on the Andalusian Bowl is so unique, and mm -hmm. it really makes a big difference on you know when you smoke that cigar. If you smoke, we make this cigar in two really big ring gauge sizes. So we make it in a, a sixty by seven Super Corona, and then we make it in what's called the Grand Robusto which is 60 by five and a half. And when you smoke those two sizes, you can really taste the similarities because there's a lot more of that filler tobacco in there. Yeah. Yeah. kind of lightens up that cigar. Yeah. You guys are smoking the Toro, so that's my size. That's the size I tend to kind of gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a killer smoke. You can kind of taste the similarities in the aftertaste. You know what yeah. I mean? More so than like that initial flavor. You, mm -hmm. it's, it's, well, and a lot of that's going to be a little Florida Vinicana because you, know, you said really smooth and that's something mm -hmm. that we kind of go for. And I think a lot of guys think in cigars in general, they think spice, and that's the big word mm -hmm. you hear, oh, cigar spicy. Well, the, the problem, I, I hate when people say spicy, because spice, for a lot of people, does not hit the back of your palate. So if you're tasting spiciness or bitterness in the back of your palate, that's actually acid. Mm -hmm. It's actually not spicy. So like if you smoke our double Ajero, that's a spicy, full-bodied cigar, but it gives you no bitterness in the back of your throat. Right. It's incredibly smooth. Right. So a lot of guys think, oh, well, it's not spicy enough. Mm -hmm. If you're getting the back of your throat, that's actually under-fermented tobacco. Mm. Um, it's a way that companies will age and ferment their tobacco in order to, when they don't have spicy tobacco, to kind of mask the mask it to make people think like, oh, this is super spicy. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're cooking and you use more vinegar and something to try to give it a little bit more bite or tang or something. It's the same type of thing. It's it's yeah. kind of their trick of kind of yeah. making it seem more than it actually is. So, wow. so if you actually are getting that spiciness in the back of your throat, it's actually not a good thing. Not a not a, for the especially for the enjoyment of the taste or the intended yeah, of intended taste of the yeah, cigar. You sit there going yeah, yeah. the whole time. Yeah. yeah, the uh, uh, in the humidor when someone says, "I want a full body. I want yeah. You know, I want strength. I want you know." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right." And then I give them a chapter one, and then about a third into it, uh, the chapter one is the black band. Yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, that's the Brazilian yeah. rapper one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The about a third of the way into it, they're like. Um, yeah, okay, this is way more than what I bargained. Too strong. <laughs> and, uh, too it much, is a, yeah. and, and you know what? It's an unbelievable... I can see that. It, you kind of have to build up to well, that. But cigar. I think spice is one... You know, when people say full-bodied, There's you can go full-bodied, full-flavored. Do I want tobacco strength? Do I want nicotine strength? Because I... Listen, there are cigars out there that are... 
you know, dark as you can ever imagine, like the Ashton Age Cabinet Maduro. Mm-hmm. It's dark as hell. It's light as shit. There's no, there's barely, there's not a lot of pronounced flavors. You know, you can look at like Davidoff cigars and say, oh, these are really mild. Yeah. But I love Davidoff's. I smoke, obviously, I smoke a lot of La Flores and they're my favorite brand, but I smoke a ton of Davidoff's as well. And mm-hmm. I love Davidoff's because I think they have a ton of flavor. Now, it's, they're really subtle, minute flavors, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, so that's always the trick of like, I'm looking for a full bodied cigar. Well, is it full bodied? Is it full flavor? Because I can get you a, a mild, full flavor. I can get you a, I can get you a, Low flavor, full body. I can get you a high nicotine strength. I, yeah. you know, there's. I mean, that's listen. That's the beauty of cigars. I was about to say there's, there's, there's something. For there's a, there's a billion different the nuances cigars of cigars, and everyone's right. palate is different, and that's yeah. the beauty. I mean, listen, it's like beer, it's like wine, mm-hmm. it's bourbon, everything you name it. Everyone's so when LD sits down to you know get their next project out, their next cigar out. I mean, they, is there like a is there like a goal they try to get to or? So it's funny you ask that. I was actually I was just down in the Dominican a couple of weeks ago for a sales meeting, and I was talking to Tony Gomez, who's Lido Gomez, who's our owner. That's his son, yeah. mm-hmm. and Tony spends like three weeks a month down in the factory. Um, mm-hmm. And him and his dad work really closely on coming up with blends. And I asked him, I, I come from the culinary industry, and mm-hmm. you know when you're coming up with a new dish in, in the kitchen, you know usually you get some really great ingredient, yeah. and then you go, all right, how do I make this work? Or what can I do with this? You know, yeah. or you're trying to create. Uh, a missing piece into a hole you have in a menu and mm-hmm. I was like well, how do you do with a cigar and it's very much the same way is you know sometimes our you know we grow 80% of our own tobacco and so Lito will constantly experiment with new we always have like one plot of land where he's kind of tinkering with you know a new varietal of tobacco a new way of growing it a new way of curing it you know to give different flavors and so sometimes we'll come up with something unique or mm-hmm. we'll, one of our tobacco suppliers will you know, he'll get a really rare form of tobacco and he'll, you know, then we kind of sit there and say, okay, what can we do with this? That's can we, cool. Can we work it into a project or, mm-hmm. you know, or there's sometimes we, we look at our portfolio and kind of like with the Andalusian Bull, that one was kind of a combination of everything was we had this really great tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, Lido, when he was in Spain, found this really unique size um, cigar mold and he knew he wanted to use that. Mm-hmm. But then the biggest thing was is we wanted to... Listen, we make full body cigars. Everyone knows that. Yes. We are the benchmark in the industry for full body. Mm-hmm. No one will really argue that. Don't I don't need to make another full body cigar. Mm-hmm. I already got those guys. Right. So, but we make all these medium bodied cigars and mild cigars that people just, I think, have overlooked over the 25 years we've been in business. Right. And so, Lito's like, dude, let's make this kick ass, full flavored, but more medium cigar mm-hmm. and see what we can do with it. And, I mean, what that cigar was able to do, I mean, it opened up our entire portfolio. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. because all these guys were trying it for the first time going, man, I was always told LFD was either too strong for me mm-hmm. or, you know, all I smoke is Maduro's and, you know, you get those guys that come in the humidor. And then they smoke the Andalusian Bull and they're like, holy crap. Yeah. This thing's got a ton of flavor. It smokes great. I didn't know you guys made anything like that. And then it allows me to put them into our Lajero Naturals, our Coronado, our 1994, our yeah. Suave line. So mm-hmm. it's been great. It's- you're yeah, we, the second person that we've we've interviewed on this podcast that's come from a culinary background and got yeah. into the cigar business. We, yeah. we talked to Patrick Potter a few weeks ago. He was the same thing where he, he blends, and, and a lot of it's because of his palate development from the culinary mm-hmm. world. He tastes Well, I think things you have to be a little bit of a degenerate to be in both industries. Like, I think you have to. Like, I think that's it. I think you have to. Like, if you look at people that are in the culinary industry, I mean, uh, drugs, true. alcohol, and rock and roll, right? Dude, cigars are not that far off. Yeah. Like, it's always it's pretty simple double down on it yeah, yeah. So, go cigars too uh, they was always asking me like how'd you get into it and I was like well I have a drinking problem I like gambling I like Vegas and they were like welcome to La Florida Minicana you know, right. there you go so, I love it we uh you, you you know you hit a lot of keys there when you were talking about 
some of the over the years, some of the blends that um, you know. So I, I it used to be like from probably '08 to 2000, 2010, maybe 2011. I only smoked uh, La Flor Dominicana, and when I say only smoked. I mean, my number one cigar was the Double Lajero. Um, it was the thing was, as Thank I you said, for paying my rent. <laughs> and I and I mean, I'd go through a couple of boxes a month. But the, the thing was, I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta like balance out here. So in the morning with my coffee, I gotta go something a little light. The Airbender, right? You know, back in the day, the Airbender oh, the and yeah. the Coronado and the Jacob. I can never El Jaco. El Jaco, you yeah, know, the little bowling pin ones. Yeah, yeah El Jaco and all of those cigars that whenever, ever, whenever someone sp- would speak about um, uh, La Florida Minicana, it was always the single hero, the double hero, the chapter one, the chapter two. I said, hey, has anyone ever tried the, and they try it, and they're like, does, does it say, does this say LFD on it? I'm like, yeah, it's an LFD. And they have a wide por- portfolio of lighter, medium, um, with a lot of nuances our, that, you our know. Our first cigar was a Connecticut. Our first cigar was the, the, the standard LFD, which became premium line, became light, and then mm-hmm. now the swap. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a full-flavored Connecticut. Yeah. I mean, it's a light cigar. Yeah. But, you know, I think what Lido was able to do with that Double Ahero was, at the time, you know, the, the boom was right at its kind of peak. Everybody mm-hmm. was smoking cigars, but everyone was smoking mild cigars. You know, it was the Macanudo mm-hmm. was the king cigar in the market <laughs> at the time. And I think with that, with that Double Ahero, especially coming out of the Dominican Republic, you know, using proper fermentation, proper curing processes, which had not really been done a lot in the Dominican Republic before Davidoff, before Hochi Blanco, before Fuente, you know, we were able to kind of catch that full-body trend right at the very beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that Lido's been able to do, which, you know, I think is, you know, one of the things that makes La Florida Minicana La Florida Minicana is the consistency. Just you know, about to say, yeah. I, I got guys that have been smoking double Harrow diggers or 700s since the day we came out with them. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, here's the thing. Every single plant tastes a little different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single year, crop, batch, it all tastes a little mm-hmm. different. And... You know, these rollers in the factories, they get all the, you know, they're, they're the fucking quarterbacks. They get the sex appeal because they're what's on magazines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the guy next to him, the buncher that works in the pair with him, that guy's the real genius. Because that guy, he has to feel every single leaf and look at it. And he knows exactly what kind of ratios to put into each. And each cigar is just a little different wow. to make them taste. Now, imagine doing that every single day, 250 times over the course of 15 years. Yeah. And making sure that they all burn right. And tastes the same. I, I was related to like everyone's got that grandma that makes that dish at home, right? Mm-hmm. And you ask for a recipe, and she gives yeah. you the recipe that she had from like 1930, mm-hmm. and you make it and it tastes completely different. Of course. But you watch her make it, and she never uses a measuring cup. And based off every ingredient, she knows exactly like the look of the soup, the look of whatever she's making. Right. Oh, I need to add a little bit more of this. That's how these guys are, man. Mm-hmm. And it, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that they can do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you know, it's it's one of the few things that <clears throat> I always tell people. It's a handmade product, handmade. I says, let's stop for a second, you know, because someone we have a tractor and a devaining machine and a draw test machine. That's the technology. We have. <laughs> and, awesome. and if I was to ask you yeah. that question ten years ago, you would say you had we had a draw test machine, a tractor, and guess what? <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same pieces of equipment. It's the same. Our devaining machine looks like it was from like 1930. Like it's, it's got this like pedal wheel on, uh-huh. it and 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 that's what the beautiful thing. Like you go down there. You, you know, everyone thinks like I, I work for the district, uh, the you know the import side of things in the United States, and we have mm-hmm. you know eight reps, natural sales manager, our president, and then a couple of people in the office. But we got four hundred people down in the Dominican Republic. 
Yeah, on the yeah. production side. On the production side of things. Yeah. And we are a small company. Yeah. We got 45 rolling tickets. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, 90 people on the rolling side of things. That's it. Like, yeah. we're, we're rinky-dink compared to General, Altidus, these guys that are rolling. Drew Estate has, in one fact, we got 250 rolling, rolling yeah. tickets. Wow. <laughs> that's incredible. You know, yeah. it's crazy. We, we make five, we make five and a half million sticks a year. And listen, that's more than Lito ever thought he'd ever make. And you know these guys are putting out five million sticks a day. That's wow. bananas. Wow. The, when you think about it, they have so many different brands. That, yeah, yeah, they're producing a lot of cigars. A lot of we we had we had this conversation about we had this conversation about cigar companies. All right, and and and, and the thing this was the thing you know. There's a new cigar being rolled right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, somebody grabs some cigars and say, "Hey, Wait. smoke this." No, they're 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 gone for the day. They're, oh, they're gone they're for the day. Right oh, okay, they're, all right. Those guys well. at five o'clock. They're out. Man. They're, they're <laughs> but hey, I, I, I don't know. Maybe somewhere you know in California. I don't know. It, it's just like it, it, people are always coming up with new cigars, new brands, yeah, new things. But the technology or the skill or the actual you know process, the 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 the, the magic. Okay, that actually happens with cigars. You know, you talk about technology when you talk about cars. You talk about Tesla. You talk about technology with televisions. You talk about the flat screens. You talk about all of these new innovations and everything. The technology in cigars is in the skill set of the blenders and of the people that are actually doing the. the, the, Like you said, the buncher, the roller, the guy who drives the tractor, even even farming. (laughs) Yeah, we, we hired this guy to run our farm in. And Tamboril and Lito calls him as Cuban. He's this guy he brought from Cuba to, to run our farm, and he's mm-hmm. like the proudest guy around. We we're, we're growing tobacco like we've never grown out there. Before. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you would think that like, oh man, there's all this technology out there. No, man, it's an 80 year old Cuban dude mm-hmm. who walks around the fields that just touches the soil and knows exactly what to need, yeah. what you need to do with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. it, it's crazy. I mean, and you smoke a you smoke a, and I'm gonna just run these names down. You smoke a uh, an Ashton. You smoke a. A Padron, you smoke a, um, a certain Arturo Fuentes, you smoke an LFD, you smoke certain cigars, and I'm just going to stop there, but the list goes on to some other brands as well, but when you smoke those cigars, if you smoked it back in 2007, in 2017, I can guarantee you that in 2027, that cigar, if it's still on the shelf, is going to, the taste in everything is going to be it's gonna, it, you know, it's gonna be the the same, and that that there is the mag- That is a skill. Whether you're paying five dollars for a cigar or a hundred dollars for a cigar, I think everyone's mm-hmm. money is valuable to them in some way, shape, or form. And you know, listen, P- Padron is the benchmark in our industry. I mean, I think everybody knows that, and everyone tries to be like Padron, but no one ever can because they cut out the right time, the right product. Padrones are not the best tasting cigars out there. They're really good, mm-hmm. but here's the thing: I've been smoking Padrones for years. I never have bad one. Never. Right. And that reason exactly. I'll spend thirty dollars on a padron is because right. I know every single time I grab one, I know what it's gonna taste like. Mm-hmm. I know it's gonna burn great. And that's our goal with LFT. And that's why we have guys that have been smoking double a harrow for years because they know that every single time they pick up a digger mm-hmm. or a DL seven hundred Maduro mm-hmm. or an airbender or Coronado or whatever line it is, it's gonna taste the same as it did the last time they smoked it. And how exactly. they smoked it years ago. And I see it going into shops because you know, as as managers like we'll go into stores and you know, there's there's listen, there's, Tour. A lot of cigars get made every day. Mm-hmm. Crap happens. You know, their yeah. Damages happen. Mm-hmm. User yeah. error, our error, whatever. Things happen. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my stores will hold on to damaged product and we'll replace them and stuff like that because that's our, our assurance to our customers, right? Mm-hmm. 
every time I go in there, I see, you know, some companies, I'll never name names, but they'll have a big old bag of product. And you manage a store, you, you got them. Right, right. Every time they're like, oh, I know I got a bunch from LFD. And I'm like, all right, let's see what you got. And they pull out a bag and it's like two. Yeah. And then I look at it and I'm like, oh, that guy dropped this. Yeah, I was about to say, somebody probably like, dropped yeah, it. Yeah, dropped it. Yeah. And you, you can tell. And, and you know, we'll, we'll take care of it, but it's... Yeah. It's one of those things where, and listen, I'll never say we're perfect. Right. Lido will never say we're perfect. Right. But it's that strive to get to that point. Exactly. I think it's what keeps you around. Yeah. So. Um, How'd you I, get into this business? So I, uh, I went to school for hospitality, and there was a cigar shop in, in uh, right across the street from campus. I had smoked a couple cigars when I turned 18, and, you know, I turned 18, smoked yeah. cigars because you think it... I got into it because I thought it was cool. Yeah. That's, I thought I looked cool smoking and I was smoking like flavored cigars <laughs> and I got made fun of it by a couple old timers at the shop in Colorado Springs where I was born and raised mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, we make fun of you when you smoke those around us and I was like, no. <laughs> so they got me into smoking more regular stuff yeah. mm-hmm. and then I was up at a shop up in Fort Collins and they had free Wi-Fi, they were open till midnight and you know, what else do you do in college? I wasn't a big house party guy. Yeah. yeah. So I started hanging out yeah, there. You got within, a paper to write. You got some work to do. Months, <laughs> I spent my entire student loan money on cigars <laughs> in Fort Collins. And it's, you know, the thing that I love about cigars is, you know, when you think about smoking, you think of, all right, like, pipe smoking is, like, briar pipe is smoking is, it's a, you know, it's for solidarity. You mm-hmm. smoke in private, it's to relax, it is what it is. Cigarette smoking is addiction, but cigar smoking is, it's this. It's, Sitting down and shooting the shit, it's it's a community, it's a camaraderie. Yeah. I mean, I would go to a cigar shop in, in college and I would spend ten hours in a cigar shop. Yeah. Yeah. And it would fly by and I, I would talk you know, we talk about politics and sports and wives and kids and you know, my college graduation was two thirds guys over the age of forty. My grandma thought it was a singles mixer. Yeah. I mean she loved it. It was it was great. And I still talk to those guys today. Yeah. And it's that kind of community. So when I moved to Denver, I was working for a hotel company. Um, and it just wasn't a fit for me, man. It wasn't. It wasn't what I liked. I didn't like it. Um, and I just I was I got to know some of the cigar reps and cigar manufacturers mm-hmm. by kind of working at a, at a local cigar shop. And you know, next thing you know, they asked me if I was willing to move to Chicago. And I I love Chicago. Wanted to get closer to some family I have out in the Midwest. And cool city. I you know, some things all fell in place all at the right time. And I I took the the leap of faith. And mm-hmm. five and a half years later, I'm. Here, so that's mm-hmm. great. Nice, nice, nice. It's a, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I got very lucky. There are worse companies to work for, man. Like, yeah, I got some ways to work for companies, and they're all like, "Did you go into that shop every day?" So, <laughs> like, I, I get, get my samples every month, and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> right, right, you know, yeah. right. We've all had a bad boss or two in our life. Like, we've all worked for a shit. Yeah. Like, shit, I'm stuck doing a podcast with this guy. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. You know, <laughs> hey, I'm so, like, is this all I got these days? Everyone's got a podcast. Exactly. Oh my God. You know, I I did IT work before I, you know, Mm -hmm. got into cigars. But once I got into it, with the IT work, I was uh, I was in the field. So I, I mean, from when I got out of high school, I had this job, all the way until right before I got into cigars. So my job entailed movement and travel and meeting people from all over the city, sometimes all over a region, all over, you know. So I thought, I was like, man, I think I'm going to miss that. I think that's the scariest thing is being in one place mm-hmm. and missing that. You know, being a on the retail side where you're on the, you yeah. know, on the distribution side. 
Yeah, I didn't miss, got a better job than you. Yeah, well, there is that. There is that. But I, I didn't, you know... My ex-girlfriend would disagree. <laughs> That's why she's the ex. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I didn't miss it because there's so many people that come in here from so many walks of life, and I meet so many. There's a, there's a, a group of women... That and they haven't been in for a while. Uh, if you guys are listening, come on in. It's a group of women. I think the average age age is about eighty two. They're uh, uh, all of Russian descent from a, a retirement home, and they come in and they get uh, bushmills and cream. Those are my ladies. Bushmill well, and cream, serious. and smoke a cigar, and play some sort of. Card game that I couldn't Canassa. even could, Canassa, couldn't right? even tell you what it was, but I'm like these women are hardcore, hardcore. I was like, whoa! Well, and then the, the bus like pulls up, it. about eight nine of them come off, and <laughs> you know, Mildred, hurry up, you know. And they would always get on my case. They were like, "Did you get the cream? Did it, you know?" Or actually, I see, I made a mistake. It's not cream. It's uh, milk. Actually, it's. Two percent bush mills. Milk and bush mills. In the whole, same glass. Whole milk and bush mills. No does, ice? doesn't it curdle? No, it doesn't. It actually I, I tried it once. I was like, oh, oh. let me try it. Do and, they shake it? Do they put it on ice and shake don't it? Shake it. Yeah, you, don't shake it. No, no, no. You don't shake it. You just pour, pour, and drink. And drink. Huh. That sounds And we thought we were hardcore. When you were in college and they make you do like the really crappy shots. That's one called the cement mixer. And it's cream and Jameson, and it curdles. Oh. Maybe not, scotch, something in the I scotch know, doesn't. I don't know. Staying away from regard. I'm not trying that. Yeah. Yeah. So but I want to hang out with them. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if I can handle hanging out. Maybe like, <laughs> hey, well, it's probably like some initiation. Like you will hit this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I don't think I can. Like, like get away from me. You're bothering me, kid. But uh, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. A little bit. Uh, um, you, you might have a little bit more insight. Where is the state of um, the cigar industry as it relates to lawmakers and some of the things yeah. that you might have heard that have come out? Or this is a good conversation. Right? That's Man, on. It, it's so tough because depending on who you talk to, there's so many different. And listen, it's not just on a national level. We fight things on a daily basis on the national level, mm-hmm. on the state level, on the county Local, level, yeah. um, on the city level. I mean, I live in Chicago, and it's a freaking nightmare sometimes. Yeah. But Is it a cigar-friendly no, it community? Sucks. It's not. Dude, they're, they're not friendly to anybody. Like, I was in Miami last weekend. I was like, where can I Great. smoke a cigar? My friend's like, everywhere. Where, 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 where are you? Yeah. Where do you want to smoke a cigar? So it's really <laughs> tough. I mean, we... You know, the FDA taking over regulation of premium cigars was definitely something that we, we wanted to avoid. Unfortunately, we couldn't. We, we keep getting extensions on the deeming regulations, which are basically saying that anything made before 2007 has to be certified and has to go through FDA testing. Um, it's incredibly expensive. No one knows exactly how expensive it's going to be, but it's, it's going to hinder the, the industry. You know, the tough thing that we have right now is you have different companies that have different goals for their company and that have different priorities based off what they make. You know, some some companies believe that premium cigars exclude things like machine-made and, and non-traditional flavored cigars. So cigars that ha- might be coffee-flavored or sugar-infused or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know, some companies believe that that's not exactly premium cigars. And there are other companies that make a ton of money off of that that obviously want that to be considered premium cigars. Mm-hmm. It's in their best interest to make them premium cigars. Right. So there's always that. Um, I know one of the latest ones, which is absolutely baffles my mind in Colorado, is that if you describe tobacco 
in any way other than saying it tastes like tobacco, it's considered it can be considered a flavored ban. So, like, if you read Cigar Aficionado mm-hmm. um, or Wine Spectator, and, yeah. and you hear them describe, like, you know, coffee notes, notes and things and, like that, yeah. any time you taste anything, your palate tastes certain flavors. There's a flavor wheel. It's, mm-hmm. It comes from the wine aspect. I mean, there's flavor wheel, tobacco. Same thing. Not everyone can taste those flavors, and you can mm-hmm. train yourself to do it, but you can taste things like white pepper and cocoa and oak and wood and grassy <clears throat> notes and non-fruit notes and things like that. You can taste those things in tobacco not in the straight I'm tasting a Hershey's chocolate right, bar right. but you taste notes of cocoa and so we are trying to fight the aspect that if I say something tastes has hints of cocoa in it that's not a flavored cigar right. it's just the all nat- natural tobacco that we grow has hints of cocoa right Nesquik didn't come out with it right yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and so that's the one that we're going for right now you know there's also things that we're trying to fight with tax increases yeah. you know national smoking age just went up to 21 which doesn't affect a lot of stores but guess what I was I was 18 years old when I started smoking yeah. mm-hmm. if it was 21 I don't think I'd still be sitting here today yeah. mm-hmm. because now you're going up against you know for, for three years basically I was smoking cigars I was part of a community so when I turned 21 and the bars opened up to me Mm-hmm. I was still I had my group of friends. Right. Whereas if I'm starting that habit mm-hmm. and that you know relationships at 21, I don't think I have those same relationships because I'm spending more times being you know with my buddies going to the bars and things like that. So right. you know we sponsor uh, cigar groups in certain colleges around this area, yeah. and now that just has kind of went away because a lot of the kids that are in those groups were 18, 19, 20 years old. And we're like, Now, hey. it is just illegal for them to purchase. I just want to throw that out there. It's not illegal for them to consume. It's illegal for oh. them to purchase. Huh. Well, <clears throat> as long as there's someone 21. Now, well, yeah, I would never, as a representative of the Florida Minicana, ever say buy tobacco for mine. Right. Right. I would never say right. that. But if they can get drafted and sent to war, they're not necessarily well, I guess, a minor. I guess that's <laughs> always like the you know the complaint that I have uh, is, you know, I, I grew up in Colorado Springs, it's a very military town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know the the big and listen, I understand hey, we have science to say that your brain's not fully developed. Okay. Okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's fully developed enough for them to vote for president. Mm-hmm. It's fully developed enough for them to make the decision to go to war. It's fully it's work fully developed. Porn. You work in porn. Mm-hmm. You thank God. You, <laughs> you also you also tell them that it's okay for them to any decision that they make can affect the rest of their, their lives. So why why can you tell me that I can make those decisions affect the rest of my life, but I can't make this decision to affect the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's okay. it's the control <laughs> the effect. What about the what I want to, What about the national? Or the federal ban on online purchasing of cigars. Have you heard, or mm. have you heard of anything yeah, about so that? Yeah, they're, so they're trying to put that through now. Man, it's a tough one. I think there's, you know, a lot of retail stores are going to be selfish about it. And as, as a brick-and-mortar rep who doesn't sell to online distributors, I'm mm-hmm. selfish about it, too. It'll help mm-hmm. my business out in the short term. I think there are consequences to the long-term ramifications of that. Anytime you start making any sort of regulations mm-hmm. on things like that, I think it does affect an industry over the long term. And I, it scares me of, listen, if, if there was a guarantee that they're just going to be like, oh, we're going to ban it here and then we'll never touch it ever again, pinky swear we promise you have our word on it, right. that's a different story. But you know that's not where it's going to stop. It's going to start right, here right. and then, then it's going to go here and then it's going to go here. So, the, you know, it's tough because you want to be able to have an adult conversation and meet in the middle with 
you know, with lawmakers. Mm-hmm. But then again, you, you're afraid to give anything because it's if I give a little bit, what's next? That's right. So, that's you know, right. if I give you this here, are you going to take more long term? And so mm-hmm. that's always tough. Well, there's areas in the United States right now where you can't sell uh, cigars, right? Uh, no, you can sell cigars everywhere. Um, you can't smoke them everywhere. Smoke them everywhere. Yeah. Okay. And there's a lot, but there's there's a lot of areas in our country where it is not financially stable or suitable for a cigar shop to open up. You know, right. there's small towns where they just don't have the demographics to do. So a lot of the members there, a lot of the customers there, they rely on buying online. Yeah. Right. You know, from That's retail stores. Mm-hmm. There's some people that live in in rural, rural areas. areas. There's you farmers that want to have, have to a cigar when they're driving their tractor or yeah. whatever they're growing, mm-hmm. and the closest cigar shop is. An hour drive. An hour you know, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. if you're lucky. And, you know, I, I tell people this, Luke, you know, for cigar smokers is support brick and mortar first and foremost. They are the backbone of our industry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's supporting small business. You, know, you, get, you get but then, into conversations. You learn about things that you'll never have an educated online. person sitting exactly. in a cigar shop. Exactly. And you will meet people that, I mean, I have had the very great fortune of meeting some of the coolest people in my life. Celebrities, politicians, lawyers, doctors. Poor people that are some of the greatest people I've ever met, all through cigars. Mm-hmm. And I would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for cigars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I owe that to a brick and mortar shop, and I've owned that to brick and mortar shops. Mm-hmm. So I think that they are the backbone of our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing that I tell people who are you know cigar smokers is Cigar Rights of America, CRA.org, mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah, I see um, that. The, the yeah, I got the pen on supporting them. They are our organization that fights for cigar rights if you're a consumer or a manufacturer and you know they're it that's who's supporting it and I can't tell you how many cigar smokers I meet on a daily basis that aren't CRA members mm-hmm. and dude it's like 150 bucks for like a lifetime membership mm-hmm. yeah and I think you get like a travel case yeah you do if you buy those CRA packs that are 150 bucks, you get a three-year membership. Mm-hmm. And it's like $200 worth of cigars. It's great cigars in there huh. you get an Andalusian Bull in there mm-hmm. you know Fuente Opus X I mean it's a great pack and I can't tell you how many guys buy that pack and never just fill out the postcard on the back. And they send you a, like, I think they yeah. send you a case. That's great. You know, yeah. so it's things like that just, you know, and that's what also going into your local cigar shop, they're the ones that are going to be constantly knowing what's going on in the industry. And so the more you go into a cigar shop, they will tell you where the industry's at. If you're, and then they'll allow you to, you know, write your senator, write your congressman, speak to your congressman, do things like that because they're the ones that control it. You know, we're such a small demographic. We have to be more vocal about it. Yeah. And we have to go out there and support this. You know, I'm 31. I'm young. I want to be in this industry for a long period of time because I love it. And unfortunately, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, we're fighting people who are don't know a lot about what cigars are. You know, the, my generation, the generation behind me, is the first generations that were raised 100% on tobacco is bad. Period. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but the problem is, is the least harmful thing in a cigarette is the tobacco. So yeah, the other mm-hmm. crap they add to it. Yeah, we don't have any of that. This is, <laughs> like this, is this is gluten free. This is vegan. <laughs> this is all natural. This is organic. This hits every diet Not you GMO. can imagine. Non GMO. <laughs> you know, this is every hot button word in that diet industry mm-hmm. you want to know right now. This is it. Yeah. You know, low listen, carb. Low carb. Hey, listen, is tobacco <laughs> the best for me? Five yeah. cigars a day. Probably should cut back. That's what yeah. my doctor tells me to. Yeah. But you know what, man? There are worse things. Yes. Listen, I relax. I, you know, it, it allows me to calm down. It allows me to de-stress. allows me to help with my anxiety. Like, 
these things help it. You know, I think better about what um, what bets to place when I have a cigar in the morning while I'm looking at the lines for the day. Here's the thing about cigars: cigars are perfect because you can celebrate it. Listen, you win a big bet. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you hit that superfecta in the fucking derby. You know, you hit for twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. Guess what? You're gonna get an expensive cigar to celebrate, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Weddings, you're gonna celebrate. Yeah. You know what else? Birthdays. You got a really shitty right? day. Wife's yelling at you. There's mm-hmm. nothing better than rolling down the cigar shop. Yeah. Tuning out. Smoking a cigar. Yeah. Okay. Turn your phone off for an hour. Dude, my favorite thing is when I'm on the road driving, I spend a lot of time in hotels. I get back to my hotel every night, and I, I take my iPad, I fold it over my steering wheel. Mm-hmm. I light up a cigar, and I just relax. It's the, for only, it's the first cigar in that day where I can just you know, let the air out of the balloon and just, mm-hmm. whew. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I was When I was in Miami, I was getting picking up my rental car, and the lady's like, oh, I see it's your birthday. And she's, you know, we're chatting a little bit, and, yeah, she's filling out all the stuff, and she's like, enjoy your midlife crisis, and hands me the keys to a convertible. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really a convertible kind of guy. And she's like, oh, this weekend you are. Have fun. It's your birthday. And within three hours, I was, you know, going a little too fast with the top down and a cigar going, and I was like, now I get it. Like, I've never never considered being a convertible guy mm-hmm. until I had a cigar and I was going a little over the speed limit and out in the swamps and I was like that's cool yeah. I could I could drive a convertible all the time oh, yeah. you, uh, do you smoke in your car regularly? only if I haven't I'm enjoying a cigar that I haven't finished yet and I gotta drive somewhere I tell people know? don't ever do it because once you do it you'll never stop yeah. Yeah. I am not in my car for more than 10 minutes without a cigar Yeah. yeah. but you know what you know how many people's lives it saved? <laughs> I live in Chicago with the craziest drivers oh, the yeah, it's <laughs> bad. oh dude it's crazy <laughs> and I would kill about a thousand people <laughs> if I could just sit there and smoke a cigar and chill on my lights. So I live out right now, I live way out in Golden, and it's like a you know, 25 minute drive if there's no traffic. It's pretty Perfect quick. Cigar drive. At night, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like at, at night when I'm leaving here, nice you know, stuff. whenever whenever, <laughs> whenever Capital Cigars is closing that night mm-hmm. and I'm driving back and I got half a cigar left, it's perfect. You know, yeah. It's really it's perfect. Yeah. In the summertime, I'll cruise up and down Lake Shore Drive. You know, I got the city on one side, I got the lake on the other. Mm-hmm. A little bit of music and a cigar in my mouth, and it's quiet. The lights, man, it's yeah, there's nothing yeah. better. It's great, great. I haven't spent nearly enough time in Chicago. I need to spend. It's a great city, man. I want to do it this summer it. for a long weekend in July. I have a buddy of mine, and I've been talking about it. And I'd like to see a game. I gotta look at the calendar and see what weekend both te- both baseball teams have home home stands, mm-hmm. so I can try to see both both Comiskey and Wrigley. And so I am not, I, you know, growing in Colorado. For a long time, the Rockies were like, you know, the best triple-A team in the yeah. baseball. And Still I saw, kind of are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm not a huge baseball fan, but, yeah. like, you know, my ex-girlfriend was a diehard Cubs fan, born and raised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was lucky enough to live in Chicago mm-hmm. when they won the World Series. Yeah. I was actually in Cleveland watching the game with a bunch of Indians fans when they won. Mm-hmm. And That's wild. It is, I am now a Cubs fan because of it. And going to Wrigley, oh, yeah. we took a tour of it last year. It's like 15 bucks you get a tour of Wrigley. Oh, that's cool. Take yeah. you down on the field. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah, that's yeah. really It's cool. awesome. Yeah. So, and the uh, Ricketts family, big cigar smokers, too. So. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. A buddy of mine grew up on, a, his dad owned one of the bars in Wrigleyville for a long time. He grew up on the bar stool there yeah. and everything across the street. And he's just got great stories about, yeah. you know, what it was like and what it is like and et cetera. There was like I six million people at that parade. That's why My old apartment was right next to it. Yeah. My ex-girlfriend was like there and she goes, dude, like the... the the building is shaking. Yeah. That's awesome. It was like yeah. the fifth largest gathering of humans in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. It was like Gandhi's funeral, like, you know, like the birth of Christ, and then like Cubs World Series. That's it, it's like when I left Chicago, 
I it's one of the things I wanted to see. I would be okay if they even came remotely close to the World Series. If they even if they didn't make it to the World Series, but remotely close. And the close the best team that they had on paper, even compared to the team that won the uh, won the uh, uh, the World Series was uh, the last year that Sammy Sosa was there. Juiced up, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, steroids of baseball. that roster that roster they had, that roster was the best roster that, yeah. I mean, everyone on there was a freaking ace in every position, yeah. and they went out in the very first. I So I, I finished up college uh, at DeVry, and DeVry is up there right off Campbell, Right by um, Lane Tech, um, and the parking lot. We would obviously be there in the morning, finish in the afternoon. But by the time the afternoon would come, the school parking lot would partially be for Cubs parking. Oh wow! So all we would do is get out of school, walk block this way, block down, and we'd already be parked because we had our student parking. Yeah. And we just walk to the game, and That's it was great. like freaking the best. You know, it, it's such a cool city. I mean, listen, it's. It's not the most modern stadium, like don't get me wrong, but I think that's one of the cool things about you know baseball stadiums. And you know, with the old Yankee Stadium going away, you know, you basically have like Fenway and you have Fenway and Wrigley. And they're, Wrigley. They're, they're, they're the last of what I would consider. They're yeah. small. They're intimate. They're all cozy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, cozy. They're they're just shitty is a really good way to describe. Yeah, it. they <laughs> smell players. like years and years of baseball fans drinking. Mm-hmm. Players <laughs> love playing there one time because it's cool to say that you played there, but they hate. There's no good amenities. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. But you know what, man? There's and to me, baseball has such a tradition behind it that mm-hmm. like. You know, right and wrong, I think it takes away from some of the game and some aspects of the modern-day baseball. But, like, it is – it's so cool. I mean, you're sitting there and you're in Wrigley. Yeah. I mean, the the, the Ivy yeah. at Wrigley is the original Ivy. The Ivy, yeah. It's, she's been there, it's been there for 100 years. 100 plus 100 years. years, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Same, same, that's same great. stuff. Yeah, that's, that's – and you know what? And you get that. So <clears throat> there's a thing of going to a sporting event for – because you're a fan – of a particular team and you're rooting for them to win and but there's another thing when it just becomes a culture you know it becomes like a like a thing you know and 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 I think a lot of people read off cub fans as just being fanatic fanatic losers the lovable you know? losers yeah. yeah 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 like yeah hey we lost you know it was more of a, it was more of a culture thing and, and especially in chicago when i've learned this being there is you know real baseball fans they said real baseball fans were white Sox fans mm-hmm Okay, I don't know about that. I mean, there are some real Cubs fans, but the Cubs were the pop, the lovable losers, and it was mm-hmm. cute, and their colors were great, so it looked good when you went to go match your clothes, but you, know, you can't say that anymore. Right. And and there still is just something special about going to Wrigley Field and seeing a baseball game, whether you like it or not. Yeah. But I also think there's something cool about, and it's the one thing that I think Chicago does well about being such a great sports town is, mm-hmm. you know, you go to a Bears game, and listen, it's one of the worst stadiums in NFL, in the yeah. NFL, it's yeah. small, but it's built over the original Chicago Stadium. Yeah. Like when you're when you walk in, you see the original Chicago Stadium. Right. It's, that's that's cool. Right. And then when you go to the Madhouse to watch a hockey game or a Bulls game, mm-hmm. I'm a diehard hockey fan. There is nothing cooler in hockey. I've seen hockey games all over the country. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like the national anthem at a Blackhawks game. Everybody cheering. I mean, you are you want to get on the ice and go mm-hmm. knock someone's head off. I mean, you are <laughs> pumped up, ready to go. There is nothing like it's a it, sports man. town. It, I mean, it here, definitely here's is. Here's the thing with with the when the Cubs were in the World Series, it was cheaper for a family of four to fly to Cleveland and to get four lower level tickets than it was to buy two nosebleed tickets at Wrigley. Hmm. 
Hmm. When yeah. the when the Blackhawks were in the, were, in the, were in the Stanley Cup in Game Six, it was cheaper for two people to fly to Tampa Bay, get two hotel rooms mm-hmm. for two nights, and get club level seats than it was to get standing room, two standing room only tickets just in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. My yeah. buddy sold his glass four of his glass. He had four glass seats mm-hmm. sold for forty thousand dollars. Wow, for four yeah. seats. That's he calls me up and he goes, "Hey man, like." What should I do with these tickets? I'm like, dude, you're, you're a dire Blacks, Blackhawks fan. It's their first chance to clinch it at home. They never clinched a Stanley mm-hmm. Cup on home ice. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, what? Do, and I'm like, you kind of see it. And I was like, how much are they offering you? He was like, 40000 I was like, sell it. <laughs> sell it, man. Stupid question. Sold. And buy two tickets for you and your wife up in the 200 levels. And that's yeah. what he did. And he's like, oh, we loved it. And I made like, you know. Yeah, made thirty thousand dollars. I was like, the way. Yeah. Great, man. more than the majority of the world makes in a year. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's for one game. You know, <clears throat> you know one, one one of the things is you know I was on the south. I was born and raised on the south side, and my father was a White Sox fan. When I got when he kicked me out of the house, one of the last things I told him is that I'm a Cubs fan. You know, <laughs> and so yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, you know, you know, and I, I remember growing. I mean, I remember. My father used to always bring a little transistor radio to the uh, to the game, and he'd uh, have earplug. He'd put one, you know, and I'd be listening along with him. And uh, I was like, "Are we are we watching the same game?" And the reason why is you'd be listening to Harry Carey, and sometimes, I mean. It was it was like it, it got bad. It got bad. He was like he he was saying <clears throat> safe man at first and third safe and then, then Steve Stone would say, There's a man at second safe and a man made it home. <laughs> and, and he was just one of those things. And I I'll never forget, you know, I couldn't wait for the seven inning stretch because they had Sandy on the organ and 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 um uh Harry Carey lean out. He'd lean out yeah. and he out of the box and he'd start singing. And this one time, I was like, "Okay, here we go." Because one time I went there and he, he wasn't there, and I was like, "Man, I really wanted this is what I came for." So then one, I was like, "He's here, and we're about to get live," you know. And I'm, I'm like 10, 11, I'm young, you know. And I'm like, "Let's go!" And and uh, he goes out there. He says, "A one, a two, and then the organ plays for like about a minute." <laughs> I'm like, what? I was like, is we supposed to say a three and take me out to? He's like, just wait, just wait. A three, take me. I said, who could come to work completely wrecked (laughs) and do? I mean, and be an icon. It's classic. Who could do it? Harry Carey. But I think that's what makes sports great. And I think if you look at any sports. you know, whether you grew up in Chicago or Denver or New York or Boston, you know, wherever it is, like, uh-huh. you find those people that, that make sports great for you. I am a sports guy. The Olympics are coming up. It's my favorite time of year. Yeah. I don't like the Summer Olympics as much so I don't get running. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me, but people do it. <laughs> but I will root and sometimes bet on people competing. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it's, listen, you want to give me two guys who want to do rock, paper, scissors contest, I'll find an edge on it. Yeah. Can, I got the guy in the red shirt. I got, yeah. yeah like exactly. 10 bucks on the guy in the blue shirt. Exactly. Let's do it. Like, yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. you know, like, I, I love that about it. And I love that competitive draw. Yeah. No matter where you're at. And, you know, it's, I love like, English, I grew up not really knowing much about soccer. And mm-hmm. I lived with two guys in, in college that were diehard European soccer fans. Yeah. And you start to like, listen to like, how they are about it, and you start to follow their fan bases. Yeah, and it's 
flipping crazy. Generations of it. My brother-in-law used to play for the fire, Chicago Fire. Oh, yeah, no yeah, kidding. Yeah. They're playing at Soldier Field now. Yeah, they, just, they, they just started there. this year. Yeah. Well, they did a couple games last year. A couple year. games, but now but it's full-time. Now it's full-time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you don't get that in a lot of places in the United States because... We're just still relatively a new country. Yeah. You know, well, MLS insane. is blowing up, though. I mean, MLS they're adding bigger, all yeah. the time. Now they're talking. They have a really cool series where they have a couple teams playing against a couple teams from the, the top tier, the uh, Mexican yeah, they, League, and they're talking about down the road potentially even merging uh, with, uh, with, with La Liga of Mexico and MLS. I mean, it's, it's a great, you know, Two hundred fifty million to get the new the new team in Charlotte, whereas twenty five years ago it was twenty million to get a new team, well, and they, that demonstrates. Just the, the Miami, just yeah, they just started yeah, the they last week. Yeah. They had their yeah. first game against uh, I think it was LAFC, yeah. and uh, they have their home opener coming up. And it's unfortunately they're in Fort Lauderdale for three years or something while they build build out this space. But um, you know, like I said, I was just out of Miami. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. people already have all the gear, everything. It's a big Miami's deal. Miami's turning into like a really cool sports town. Miami's just I'm, a really cool town in every way. I, I, I love it. It's I Vegas it. on the water. I just I <laughs> after April I can't go. You know what I mean? November to April is perfect. Yeah, and the rest of the year, I think. But I, I love Cuban food, Cuban women. I love cigars. It's I love going out all night long. I love not sleeping. You know, at night yeah. and then maybe getting a little nap during the day. Like yeah, I dig it. I, Miami really speaks to me. I think the Super Bowl should just rotate between L.A., Vegas, and Miami. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Tampa does a pretty good job. I mean, it's it's you know, and you can go smoke yeah. cigars and. Uh, but but for the uh, way they did that, I mean, the Super Bowl, the way that they do the whole. Yeah. Parties and everything like that. It is made for Miami. It's cool when they do it in Phoenix because it's always the same weekend as the Phoenix Open, which is the biggest golf tournament and it's part time tournament. There's like 160,000 people out there getting hammered all weekend. Yeah, but I, I went to it when it was in like Minneapolis. Yeah, not as cool. It's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did that just because, hey, we know how much you spent on this new stadium. Yeah, exactly, that's, yeah. That's the NFL's way yeah. of getting people to constantly build yeah. new stadiums. But you're right. If you build a new stadium, you're going to get a new a Super Bowl. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. L.A., Phoenix, like, you know, Dallas is fine. The warm mm-hmm. cities, obviously, it's the end of January, not, beginning of February. Even, even Phoenix and Dallas, as much fun as they can be, it is going like when you see New Orleans it, is good. The way, but it was nothing like how they did it in Miami. Yeah, it was nothing compared yeah. to Miami. Yeah. And like when they, when they, they <laughs> can you imagine? It? They're Miami. like, this is what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, party. We'll show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is, is just another do. Sunday. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. About. Shakira and J Lo are on speed dial, motherfuckers. Yeah. Let's oh, do it. Oh, like, imagine oh, yeah. what it's gonna be like when it's in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, gonna be yeah. great. And then when it's just, in LA, they're doing the draft this year in Vegas, and the the plans are bananas. They're doing it out in the middle of where they do the water. There's water shooting in the air at the end of Ocean's Eleven. Doing it yeah. on the water. They're building a stage out on the water. They're floating the draft picks out when they get <laughs> get picked. And you know everybody afterwards is gonna go right to fill in the blank club. Mm-hmm. You don't know, go to town. Go to you know the Spearman Rhino. Right. Go to wherever. Like it's the after parties of the draft are gonna be bananas, dude. Yeah. yeah, I kind yeah. of I wish I was getting drafted in the NFL this year. <laughs> That'd be the one. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I wish I was drafted in the NFL any year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, let's take a quick break and um, and then we'll come back. We'll get in touch with Tyler. We have a question and okay. stuff like that. All right. All right. So I was up in Aspen this week. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. I mean, the weather was perfect. It was gorgeous. And I saw like a million great places to just sit outside, have a cigar, mm-hmm. and maybe light up a chimney from one log fire. One log fire. Yeah. 
it's pretty cool, man. Sometimes, you know, your wife doesn't want you to smoke inside. Your roommates don't want you to smoke your cigars inside. Most you of the go, time. Yeah. <laughs> you go outside. Maybe it's a little chilly in the evening. Mm-hmm. And you light up a one log fire. And it's kind of like a campfire feel. It's exactly. only, It's like going camping without going, you know, dealing with the traffic to get out of town. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not known to be the romantic. Hype, right? But just imagine, you know, you're at the beach and you say, hey, we're just going to go out and spend a little time, you know, watch the sunset. You bring a little bag. The whole way there, she's saying, what's in the bag? You know, like, what's in the bag? You know, hey, what's in the bag? Don't worry. Hey, yeah, what's in the bag? Have and then faith. what do you do? You get to where you're going to set up camp there. You pull out a nice little bottle of wine and have your cigar. And then you pull out a couple of glasses. And what do you pull out next? The Chimanaya, the one log fire. And you set yourself up with a one log fire, and you have your very own moment. Moment. Right it's there. just a special moment. So yeah. a, a Chimanaya, a single-use, a miniature single-use Chimanaya by one log fire is perfect for camping. So we were talking about small gatherings or to create some ambiance while enjoying your favorite cigar on a cool evening. It lasts about two hours. It's an all-in-one campfire, and you'll have plenty of time to enjoy a Toro or a Double Robusto, whatever you're into, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you grab your favorite cigar from your humidor and head outside and light it up. If you go to onelockfire.com and you use the promo code BETYOURASH at checkout, you'll get 10% off your order, and you're going to be very happy when the, when the box arrives and you got them, and you just pop outside and fire one up. Hi, Tyler. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going there, Tyler? Oh, can't complain. Uh, what do you got for us, man? Fire away. Uh, going a different, little bit different direction today. Uh, Bayou Brock writes in. He's got a, a there's a little backstory here. He's got a golf buddy, co-worker. They golf once or twice a week. And they're not golfing. Brock knows that it's because homies going to an LSU baseball game. Brock wants to go. His question is, how do I invite myself to the baseball game with the <laughs> golf buddy? All right. I think I can handle this. Obviously, Brock heard me give very good advice last week mm-hmm. to our friend from Philadelphia who was wondering about whether or not he should put Cigar Smoker in his dating profile. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. He obviously heard that, that I give great advice, and so he wanted to, to get some advice on this situation. <laughs> There you go. Right. We're all in this situation. We, we all have these guys like that where maybe we're poker buddies with or we, we you know, we're, we're work friends. Maybe we do a happy hour drink with each other. Mm-hmm. We're, we're like casual and friendly acquaintances, but we're not mm-hmm. necessarily friends yet. Right. There's two ways for Brock to handle this. Or I don't I guess I shouldn't speak like that. I, I could speak directly to Brock. Hey, Brock. There's one or there's just one or two different ways you can handle this. One, you can use this as a great way to see how close of a friend this guy is or if he's worth being friends with, you know, and just say, you know, I like baseball. If you ever got an extra ticket, I'd love to go to the game with you. It keeps it non, um, you know, it, it's if you ever have a, a an extra ticket. It's not saying, hey, take me too, right? right? It's right. not inviting yourself. It's saying if there's ever an extra ticket – I'm happy to reimburse you for the cost. It's, you know. it's very easy to do. Let's role play. You be Brock. 
Yo, Cornelius, it, mm -hmm. I know you like going to these LSU games. I bet you have a great time. If you ever have an extra ticket, let me know. I'd love to see the stadium. I'd love to go go one time with you. Brock, I want to be perfectly honest with you. I would never <laughs> take you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you know you have to be. Hey, you have to be willing. It, it, it is a exercise yeah. in social science. You you're you're gonna find out. You learn where the line is. You, you understand where the line is. You right. find out more about your relationship with this person. And you go punch his tires out, and then you go back and you know, hey, you know, you feel better about it. He yeah. feel better. There you go. The other way you can do this. <laughs> is you can grab your own ticket or two for maybe you and a friend mm -hmm. and say, hey, I'm going to be at the LSU game this weekend. If you're going to be there also, let's meet in the concourse and grab a beer. Or okay. let's do a little tailgating together and demonstrate your interest and your shared interest. Right. Okay. So I want to add, add one to it. Yeah. So I had a, I had a friend, and he had the floor-level tickets to – I'm going to try not to put any names in here, to a specific basketball uh, team, an NBA team. In Denver? Just, I'm trying to <laughs> an NBA team, and he would take people, and it's, like, really cool. Like, you go in, and, it, well, it worked out. It did work. It did work out. But uh, so what happened was you, you go into this club level. You go, you enjoy a freaking buffet. Yeah. A bar, no. an open bar, everything's paid for. My season tickets are on the club level. Yeah. Great. Oh, we're not club. This is the, the oh, floor, the, the floor, the, the floor, floor level. Yeah, yeah, they have their own private lounge yeah. and stuff. It's great. And then when you're done, you just walk right out and right onto the floor and sit down, right? Yeah. Freaking unbelievable. And I wanted to go. I really wanted to go. So I was like, okay, how much does that cost? You know, it's like a year, it's like fifty thousand a year, right? Yeah, it's about like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do. So I found like this 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 game, and it was like six dollars <laughs> a ticket, and I invited him, and we had a great time. I says, "Yeah, dude, I take my friends everywhere, man." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, they're very good friend. I have a good time with him." And the next time he was like, "Dude, you want to go see the blank game?" And I was like, "Sure." Yeah, anyway, yeah. And, and it worked. I'm yeah. telling you, it worked. You yeah. know. So find like a you know. I don't know, find some, you know, uh, beer pong game that's going on, you know, that you can buy tickets to, take them, and then, boom, you're in like Flint. Yeah, or I, I think that's the book. You demonstrate how to be a good friend. There you go. You know, you take that. Now. And it doesn't take you. Once again, yeah. that's why you keep an ice pick in your car to pull the tires. <laughs> or you stop golfing with him because he's not worth being friends exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think this is as much of a dilemma as Brock is making it. Yeah. I hope that we we gave him some good suggestions mm -hmm. as far as how to handle it. And uh, I appreciate Bayou, Bayou Brock for submitting yeah, a question absolutely. at ask at com because that's how you submit questions to the podcast. And if you do in any way, shape, or form end up uh, incarcerated for poking out tower, tire, tires, <laughs> our sponsor at ABC Bonds. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's just a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. never have to. I mean, if you have priors. Yeah. I don't know. Not a cigar question, but a good one. What do you think, Tyler? What should? How should Brock handle this situation? Well, I was going to go with the whole buy a ticket and just go approach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, grab two tickets, take a girl or take another homie and just say, hey, I'm going to be at the game also. Let's grab a beer yeah. and see if that doesn't 
you know, leads you down the road to getting invites. Yeah. There you go. The problem is if you get denied, now you have awkward golf games or you need to find a new partner, either Let's of which get, are I, not ideal. Yeah. There's a lot of golfers on this planet. You're, they're easily replaced. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to well, go out and golf. You know, part of our podcast is we talk about gambling. We talk about all these different things. Yeah, and golfers we also, love to gamble. And, and so, and what, regards, so yeah. what you do, Big demo there's, a certain, there's a certain value in motivational betting. All yeah. right, and performing that bet. Yeah, I'm going to explain this to you. Yeah, you're on the golf course, and this has happened, and you've been denied. You now have all the motivation in the world take his to money. take his money <laughs> and use that money to buy some LSU tickets. Not just LSU baseball tickets, <laughs> but LSU baseball tickets that are better than the ones that he can exactly because you took his money. And you can actually let him know, like, "Hey, guy, what's going on?" <laughs> and you know, I won so much money from you. I actually went out and bought. Some. I got season tickets. <laughs> I got season tickets. Hi, my season's better than yours. Yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes I might or might not. You know, <laughs> yeah, petty. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're pro pettiness here. Absolutely, uh, absolutely for sure. You definitely, I think you definitely find out how much you like this person based on how you, how you solve this problem. There you go. Cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for relaying Brock from the, or Bayou Brock, but Brock from the Bayou, Bayou Brock. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank him for, uh, for his question. We thank him for his question and we thank you for delivering it. No problem, guys. Anytime. And again, everyone out there, ask at betyourash.com. Submit them. We'll get them on air. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. See ya. We're back. On the studio level. Studio level of Capital Cigars. Capital Cigars at 919 East Colfax. If you're in the Capitol Hill area, maybe you're attending a concert event over at the Fillmore or at the Ogden, or maybe you're just wandering down Colfax, not suggested, but in the... (laughs) Capitol Hill area, stop by Capitol Cigars. Yeah, tons to drink, tons to smoke, tons to to do, and and, and it's just a fun place. Kitchen coming soon. You'll be able to have dining experience here as well. We'll actually uh, have an espresso bar here in the um, lounge as well um, with a full remodel coming soon. So look up for that. Yeah. The N-B-N-A. I love it. You know, big game tonight, man. Zion and, and, and Luca are facing off for the first time. Um, and that, those two teams, those two players, I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. I've been doing really well in the NBA. It's unfortunate that to talk about gambling in the NBA, you'd have to talk every day. Yeah. Right? It's not like we can talk once a week and true. talk about some game on Saturday because right. everything changes. But right. I guess if anybody's ever ever wants to talk basketball, just get on uh, Instagram. It's at Bet Your Ash Pod. Right. Follow us and, and message me because and, and, it's in my pocket. It's on you know the Bet Your Ash Instagrams on, on my phone. So and, and I'll we talk do basketball and we do talk sports. So we would be remiss not to talk about basketball. The douche, the douchelin, the douchelin, Madison Square Garden. Oh, 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 Dolan. <laughs> yeah, Spike Lee. Well, we were I just, just saw that on ESPN yeah. today when they were talking about they're telling me you guys got to go in a different entrance now. Like, he was heated. Oh, yeah, he was, oh, he he was not. He well, seems like a guy who can really get upset easily. Yeah, yeah but I also feel like listen. No, I don't think he's wrong here. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah. Listen, he, he according to him, he's been going through the same entrance for like twenty something mm-hmm, years. And mm-hmm. I get that they changed their policy. They have every right to. He's like, they should have contacted me. Well, yeah, are they going to call every mm-hmm. single individual? Well, what a they mass email to the season ticket holders. They, they should have. 
in hindsight, though, could have probably been handled a little bit better by Spike Lee. Now, I could maybe, have. But I will also admit, when you're dealing with Spike Lee, let's all be honest, that probably went down the exact way you thought it was going to go down. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's... How do we think this is going to happen? Yeah, like, well, what do you think Spike Lee was going to do? What do you like, think was going to Oh, yeah, no problem, right. guys. Let me right. go outside and yeah, come right. back in. No, Spike Lee right. was going to stand up. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he did say one thing. He did say that he got his ticket scanned as he came in that entrance. Yeah. So, so obviously it's 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 for, it's a thing for customers because they have a ticket scanner. They there. have a ticket right. scanner. So if you don't have, if you don't let him in so, by scanning his ticket, he can't get to the elevator and he can't go. Up. I'm a season ticket holder for the Nuggets, but I don't have courtside tickets. Yeah. So you know, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, were yeah. just talking about courtside at yeah. fill in the blank basketball game, right? right? And th- those aren't cheap. <laughs> They're not cheap in Denver. Never mind in Manhattan where everything's well, he, expensive. He actually said, he yeah. said on SportsCenter what he paid. He pays 300000 a year over 20 years. Yeah. Dude, he is also the, listen, as a non-basketball fan, just pays attention when it's on East Pitch. Like, yeah. He is the face of the Nuggets. Oh, yes. Well, of, I mean, of the Knicks. Of the Knicks, yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And really, he's the face of NBA fanness. I mean, there, there's fans, a documentary you know? about when the... It's Jack about, Nicholson. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. The most Jack famous Nicholson, Lakers, NBA fan. Lakers and, and yeah. him for the Knicks. I mean, him and Reggie Miller during yeah. that series were going at each other. That documentary is great. Awesome documentary. As a guy who's not a big basketball fan, loved it. It was great. And he is... More part of that team than some of the players the Knicks got right now. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, especially yeah, this season. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. you know, uh, absolutely. Dolan is is not um, good at owning a sports team. No. He is fortunate that that team is the Knicks. Right. He's fortunate that that team is in Midtown Manhattan yeah, and like right. you know that 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 property is that property. You know, and he's, I mean the Garden. It is every every kid's dream whether you play. Hockey or basketball, yeah. or box, or you, whatever it is, or you're in a band, or, or you're band. a performer, or something. I mean, you know, everybody at some point in time has that make dream the where you wake up and you're like, man, I played the garden last yeah. year. How cool is yeah. that? Yeah. It's the reason people go play in the Big East and back in college basketball. Those schools are tiny. You're not getting a ton of TV no. show, TV, you know, experience you know, I, any, anymore. But you get to play that tournament in in, in the, the garden. garden. It's cool. I, I would say it's one of the only sporting. Franchises that I believe, I mean, let's be honest here. The Knicks, you can say, Oh, when back during the Patrick Ewing and back during and back during and back during, yeah, they did, they they didn't win anything. (laughs) They didn't win anything, they didn't win anything. But the sporting venue, the most valuable team in the NBA, they're more valuable than the Lakers. Yes, the where they really, yeah, yeah, that surprises me. Yeah, well, it's a package you get, you know, they own the stadium, right. So I they, see, I, heard that their I, didn't think that they I didn't think that they owned the stadium. Yeah, the, and the cable to end the cable television, the the the, the what's cable vision mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah. there it's it's bananas, and whoever buys that mm-hmm. is going to do very well. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's just never going to sell. He just no. wants. He's, why, why would you? I mean, he, he would just, you? He doesn't invest in the team, and he still just makes more and more money all the time. It's a, but, I mean, I think if you're an owner of any sports franchise, and you can pick, I mean, there are yeah. teams in NFL, and I mean, you're from Chicago, and you, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. McCaskies are a great McCaskies, example. Yeah. Like, if you're making money, yeah. you know, obviously as a fan, I'm not putting money into my sports team. Mm-hmm. I want them to win because I'm a fan of the team. I want to see success. Right. right. 
Some owners are fans. Mark mm-hmm. Cuban, I think, is a diehard yeah, fan. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, I think Jerry Jones is an idiot, but he's a fan. fan. Steve Ballmer, Ballmer the Clippers, is, is, is yeah. a billionaire. He, you know, it's one thing to yeah. be a billionaire. You yeah. can make a lot of money. Robert it's Kraft. a whole other thing to be a billionaire who gets to own an NBA team or an yeah. NFL team or mm-hmm. fill in the blank. The guy who used to own the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think there is a mass, I think for some of these guys, is, at the end of the day, you get to the point where you can own a sports franchise. Yeah. Because you're smart with business, at least to a point. Yeah. You know, and you have a lot of money. Right. Listen, as much of a fan as you want, he doesn't want to lose money. Right. He wants to capitalize his right. investment. Yeah. If he can win, awesome. But if he can make X dollar amount without having to, right. uh, you but know, obviously somebody, Spike Lee still spend $300,000 a year for tickets. Right. They yeah. suck. Right. If right. somebody's well, ready to write him a $5 because that's how much it's going to cost to yeah. get the Knicks. Yeah. Right? Four and a half, four, five billion. Yeah, right? in the four to if, five If range. someone's going to actually write him that kind of a check, He's good. Like that's that's enough forever. But yeah. but who who would write that check? Oh, there's oh, people lining there's billionaires up. There's out there that, yeah. All these crazy. There's, I mean, there's just there's the thing about how many people buy NFL teams. There's a line of people waiting to buy an. Wasn't NFL there team. like an oligarch that bought the Nets? Yeah, the guy from Russia. Yeah, yeah. Nets. And he the, sold uh, them now. Islanders. Yeah, he sold the Islanders. Too. I, yeah, he sold both, but he owned them for a while. Coliseum. Um, it's just that's that's the move, is, and I would think. Personally, it seems to me that if I was buying a sports team now for a billion dollars, I'd actually prefer to invest in the NBA than the NFL. I just have a feeling that at some point the NFL has to start. You're you're seeing lo- fewer involvement, less involvement. You're, you're in at the kids. peak. You're at the peak of the NFL, which is right. constantly going up. And the NBA, NBA still has growth. There's yes. still international yes. growth. There's right. tons of it. There's right. tons right. of it. Right. Right. Yeah, but you're a hockey fan. Yeah. Yeah. But your value on hockey is a lot. Well, in that oh, conversation, man, I'd buy an MLS team because that's still that growing. actually. If you were making that argument, if you had five say, years ago, ten years ago, definitely. But even yeah. today, best return on your investment for owning yeah. a sports franchise. I 100 percent agree with you yeah. that a MLS team. Is where it's going because yeah. you look at where the MLS is. Listen, I grew up playing hockey, and so we have to hate soccer and basketball. It's just yeah, it's the I don't hate them anymore. Yeah, maybe the NBA a little bit from time to time. Whatever. Yeah. But like you, when you look at MLS, like for a long time, MLS was it, it was a joke. Yeah, I mean it, it was. It's it still there are aspects of it that are. I mean, you know what, Ibrahimovic when he came to LA, yeah, like kind of Zaltan kind of made fun. Funny. Dude, the most Zaltan <laughs> thing ever. LA, you're welcome. I'm here with a full page ad. <laughs> yeah, LA, I, yeah love LA, LA, I love it. I love it. Great. You're welcome. Here. Yeah, but like, um, you know, it's. I agree. The MLS is your barrier to entry is so much lower, and where it's mm-hmm. going to go past here, I think you have all the. Yeah. All the chance in the world. I mean, I think it's I agree fully. So what you're saying is, for us to get ahead of the curve, the three of us right now, as we're sitting here, we need to pull some funds together, and we Pass need the to around. and we need to purchase a lacrosse team. No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, there'll never be the money. Yeah. Well, what about what about rugby? I, I, it, you think it has a future no, in the United States? It doesn't. It's, the rules are too. Yeah, it, it's Americans like easy rules. Rugby, there's too much. Yeah. There's too much of this. And and I don't even think there's still growth internationally. Like I don't even yeah. think. Like I'm. I, I don't. I, I don't. I've never done like the research, but I don't see rugby gaining popularity. Rugby, you gotta go cricket. Yeah, cricket. Polo. Yeah, it's polo. It's, yeah, you're. You're. There's professional. There's a professional cricket league in the Caribbean. We could buy oh, one right. of those teams, and then we have an excuse to kick it in the Caribbean all the time. There you go. 
I mean, listen, if we have the money to buy a cricket team, can we just go to the Caribbean? Yeah. I don't think we need an excuse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Solid point. You make a exactly. Great, yeah, argument. Exactly. exactly. great argument. Yeah, I was just reading that Mark Wahlberg owns a part of a, 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 Baha- a team in the Bahamas, a, a professional cricket team in the Bahamas. He's ahead. He's getting ahead of the curve. Smart I'm man. telling you. Smart I'm man. telling you. But the in the B and the A, let's leave Dolan alone. I mean, he, he's, he's just not going to. He's just, you know, <clears throat> like my parents used to always tell me. Stop messing with that kid. He's just not going to act right. Yeah. You know? Just so just you know, just leave him alone, you know? He's not going to act Listen, right. He's not going to Instead of doing the kitchen and remodeling upstairs, mm-hmm. let's just spend all that money and buy the Knicks. <laughs> I'm sure we should have a few dollars left over. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's it, you know, I think about Knicks fans, and I'm I'm just like they've never. We're, I mean, it's so long. It's, you have an identity, right? Yeah, like. Uh, Magic still comes around. Kareem, you still see him around. Uh, Bill Russell with the Celtics, you still yeah, see. Yeah, the legends. Jordan is freaking on everybody's feet. You know what I'm saying? So the iconic um, dynasties about those. Um, what what do the Knicks? Madison Square Garden. That's it. <laughs> Here's my question about like basketball and like the Knicks specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do kids still dream about playing for the Knicks though? Is that still no. like no. is that because no. I mean for a long time it was like that's what you wanted yeah. to play or like you look at like the Yankees pinstripes if you grew up playing baseball yeah. it was every kid's dream Yankees. yeah you wanted to play for your hometown team but there no, was a, there was a part the of Cubs you or the, the Yankees you wanted to put on the pinstripes no and walk out wa- of maybe the Dodgers you mm-hmm. know nobody, Red Sox nobody right. yeah right nobody's growing up saying. Bottom of the ninth, Cleveland. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Bottom of the ninth, the Marlins caught him. Yeah, the in Do the and and maybe it's not. Maybe it's all sports teams in general because I think that they're. I think you see a cultural change in sports in general. Where I think it is so much more of a job now than it is a passion to play. Yeah, yeah. I think you see that across every sport. Yeah, I mean, and with so, free agency and trades and stuff, yeah. it's very mm-hmm. rare that a player stays in one team for their career so do, stuff like that. And I think so many players just want to go and get the money, which, hey, good for you, man. Yeah, which yeah. I could. You're risking, you're risking your health and life out exactly. there in some sports. So, but is, and I think, you know, like Chicago sports teams, I think for a long time kind of were able to reap the benefits of, do you mm-hmm. want to come play in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and they did, and I think with New York, I think they kind of laxed on that of like, well, we're still the Knicks. Right. Do they still have that pull for like free agents? Like, well, yeah. the Bulls don't, and the Bulls, they no one wants to play. But, but twenty years ago, but, every but, kid wanted to be a Bull because but, of Jordan, and it was mismanagement that ruined that that and ruined the reputation of the team. Right. And you're seeing the exact same thing. So is that what you're saying with the Knicks now? Yeah, is that same time yeah, yeah mismanagement. Just, they're ruining the brand. You don't want to. You, you, you. Does this ever happen? Happen in hockey? Are no, there any hot teams in hockey that? Were but it's probably now I was here. I was about to say like is it like Red Wings or but it's probably what you grew up identifying with. It's still regional, right? Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I think with with any sport, like if you grow up a kid in Toronto, you mm-hmm. mean, the dream is to put on the blue uniform, and play for the Leafs. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. if you grow up in Chicago, you know, Scotty Darling was a Chicago kid, back of goaltender for the Hawks, and they won the Stanley Cup. That's a lifelong dream. You want, you want a cup with this hometown team. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's your goal. But I think. You know, hockey's such an international sport, yeah. specifically that I don't think it's it's endless. You Everybody are one wants of to make such a NHL. small percentage of any yeah. sport that gets the chance to play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you want me to play in wherever, I'll go and play there. Yeah, you know, and I think that's kind of where where it kind of comes from. Yeah, and if you're growing yeah. up in 
Norway or you're growing up in in some part of Russia that right, you know right. where where hockey the sport is very popular right, right. there's not necessarily a hometown NHL team you know right. so you just want to make the league right. you know well, and, and I think with any sport I think you'll see hometown kids maybe take that hometown discount mm-hmm. or like hey I'd like to keep playing it in my hometown right. but like you know here's the other problem too you get a lot of guys that don't want to play in their hometown for a couple of reasons the pressure that you bring on yourself by being that hometown kid. Kevin Durant won't play for the Wizards. You're now expected yeah. to take a hometown discount right. because you're a local kid. And you got 300 people asking for tickets. Every, every single week. night, right. you got 400 people you got to right. give tickets to. And also, every single day, you are the face of that city. And you yeah. have so much. So if you screw up just a little bit, you are. That's true. And so I think for a lot of players, it's actually easier. Yes, would they like to? Yeah, of course, it'd be nice. But. I'd like to go home. I'd like to go someplace else. You know, like, yeah, look at right. LeBron. LeBron did it with Cleveland. I mean, he yeah. showed up at Cleveland, mm-hmm. you know, played very well at Cleveland, but at the end of the day, wanted to win a yeah. championship. I don't think, I think if he would have just made a lifelong career out of staying in Cleveland, I don't think he would have had the success that he had. Yeah, he might not have had the motivations. He might not have had, or just different attitudes. Well, I think frustration. I think he needed to go to a team that was willing to reinvent the big three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, they were, they were the first team to really really, really get behind the big three. Now, if you don't have a big four, you don't even compete in the NBA. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he goes to Miami, you know, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. It was a great time. Great team. When I was there, it was when they were hanging the number three. You got the perfect coach who isn't an actual coach. He just sits there and stands there and goes, yes. Yeah. Pat Pat Dolan stands, or uh, Pat Riley Riley sits Mm -hmm. behind him, you know, pulling the strings. I think we're we're not giving Spostra enough credit. He's a smart, smart coach. Yeah, he's smart because he knew. Because Pat Riley groomed him. He knew knew what it would take to be in that position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, if I keep my mouth shut, I let. When, well, he worked Pat his way up. He was a, 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 a video coordinator. You know what but, I mean? He, like, he literally knew, worked himself up. He knew where to push the right buttons, and he knew yeah. when to just take the step out and let LeBron do his thing. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. I think anybody who follows any sort of NBA or sports in general knows that having LeBron James on your team, if you're a coach, is not yeah. always the best thing. No. Right. Because... He's LeBron gone after is every going, coach. Is yeah. LeBron is going to be the coach. Until now. Frank Vogel is clearly a great coach yeah. because you haven't heard LeBron complain about him yet. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And he, well, and he lets LeBron do what he wants to yeah. do. Yeah, well, and also he put they put a great team around him and they, they, they organize an offense where, you know, where that, that he can facilitate as well mm-hmm. as be the... the I mean, they did just get whooped up on by a 19-year-old yeah. Zion Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, right. I don't know. Oh, John Morant. John Morant, too. They yet? lost to the, the Grizzlies. That's who they yeah, lost yeah, to. Yeah, to the Grizzlies. And then, but arguably, probably one of the best teams that he's played on uh, balanced all. I mean, with multiple, multiple. I mean, they're deep. They're, they're pretty deep. But they're playing now, though, where all the teams are like that, though. Oh, yeah. Well, well I mean, the, the top, top tier. The top, top tier. tier. I mean, and that, yeah. Maybe that's the tough part for me with the NBA is I think at the beginning of the season, you can look and you can pick the top five teams in NBA. Yeah. I mean, year. usually there's now, minus some major moves, injuries moves or, or injuries. Moves, yeah. But for the most part, or something, you yeah. can pick. The top five percent of the team. Yeah. The what top. happens is the teams that are demonstrating no. that they're good tend to make the in you know they make the trade they or sign right. the buyout guys or whatever right. and get better and stockpile the good players right. mainly not even so much for their own benefit but to keep them off the other teams. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this, of course. you've well, seen this like <clears throat> arms race between the Clippers and Lakers where every time somebody's available this during throughout the season mm-hmm. they've been working out for both teams and signed a one. Well, of them, out of you know? out of out of hockey, uh, baseball, basketball and football basketball out of all of those sports is, is probably 
you, like you said, you could pick the top five. East and West. You yeah. can pick the East, top five. Yeah. And in that top five, well, you're going to come up with the who's going to be in the uh, playoffs and who is probably going to win. Season, it is a, I would bet. There's always a surprise, though. There's always a couple. Nobody had, nobody had them, you know, uh, uh, like like OKC even making the, the playoffs and they're in like the five yeah, seed yeah, right but they're, now. You know, everybody yeah, thought... Yeah, but, but they're not... But they're not... They're, 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 they're not going to... We they, thought yeah. they were going to have 20 wins. Yeah. But we they, thought, they thought that's Chris true, Paul but, was going to get treated and they've been playing really well but together. But they're Congratulations, not gonna, they beat the teams they're supposed to be. Yeah. No, that's the point. They have beaten yeah. the teams they weren't supposed to be. But the thing is that <laughs> they're not going to... They're not... You. They're not... I, going I think, to be in the Western Conference Finals. No, you're probably okay. So the point I make, okay, to be seen. So I'm just saying, in, in that sport, that you can actually. I mean, look at look at the look at football. Who saw that the San Francisco 49ers was oh. going to be? <laughs> we're going to be in the. I, I, we we got to go back and look well, at the futures. The we got to look did. at the futures. I mean, I think that the futures were unbelievable. When we did the preview, we were both saying, "Well, I maybe me a little louder than you." Seahawks. We were well. We were saying with the in terms of the 49ers, mm-hmm. we want to see Garoppolo stay healthy. Right. We want to see this new head coach and this right, young team right, right. and this young defense get it together before we were willing to pick right. them to do well. And right. you know, right. the, Mike, I like the NFL because of that. You see a team go from ashy to classy to still line for Biggie Smalls. You know, all the time. You know, the Raven right. year, the Ravens won. Nobody saw that coming. The year the Buccaneers right. won. Nobody saw that coming. Like, and I like that about the NFL. Yeah. You can get hot at the end of the season and, and ride it through the oh, playoffs. Oh, roll, roll through. Do you think that that is because in NBA one player can make so much of a yes? Game? Like when that. you look at when you look of football because it's such a complete mm-hmm. team game. Yeah. You can have the best player in the league in Tom Brady. Yeah. And you can not win the Super Bowl. Exactly. You, you know, for a couple years. You, you can, can have, have a great wide receiver, wide receiver great defensive yeah. player. And, and you know, hockey is the same thing. You know, arguably right now, you know, you know, Alexander Ovechkin just won it last year, but that was the first time he's ever won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Sidney Crosby hasn't won one in a couple years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Connor David right now is the best player in the mm-hmm. NHL. Mm-hmm. That team might not even make the playoffs. Wow. Well one of the one of one of the Key points in that is that basketball has the least amount of um, active players playing at any given time exactly. on the on the field on the court on the on the boy however you yeah. know they they have they only have five players mm-hmm. yeah so if one fifth of that formula is because because it's all game planning right yeah okay we're gonna game plan for uh, justice right and what we're gonna do is we're gonna pitch him this way and we're gonna swing the field this way because this is the way he hits yeah and then this is what we're gonna do you, know, yeah. you game plan right yeah. uh, NFL same thing uh, we know this so we're gonna do a zone that's where death but comes in play. basketball yeah. if you got one one person don't be a big two or big three it how do you game plan you know, so before the season even starts, three or four good players, they can't double team LeBron and not have any other weapons. Right now, if you're playing the Lakers, you double team LeBron. Anthony oh. Davis is gonna just oh. eat yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. That's what the Miami Heat with LeBron proved yeah. was when he went from Cleveland down to Miami. Was yeah. he said, "All right, we can listen. Let LeBron score sixty. Yeah, they're only gonna score sixty five the whole night, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're gonna lose the game. Yeah. Whereas if you put him down in Miami, LeBron's only gonna put yeah. up thirty. Yeah." 
Bosch is going to put up 20. Yeah. Wayne's going to put up another 28. Yeah. Uh, Anderson's going to put up 15. And Haskum. Next thing you know, you're like, Haslam. 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 Well, he's really just there to beat your ass if you piss off. If you you know, a cheap foul on one of the other players. As a basketball fan, do you think the mentality of the big three has taken away from the NBA a little bit, though. I don't. I think that it's mm. just kind of adjusted how people build their teams. So you see, like, a, a young team like Phoenix, where they have uh, Booker and DeAndre Ayton. You know, they just start developing their yeah. own big three, but they mm-hmm. try to do it from... And then maybe from once they so. get to a certain point, then they can add a free agent mm-hmm. or make a big trade with some of their assets to, like... Fully established. That's what Boston did. Boston had Paul Pierce and then added the other two, traded for one, signed the third, you know, and then they they created their. their, their I I, I would go as far as saying that the big three just became defined as the big three. Yeah. But. There were teams mm-hmm. that always had the, the Celtics b- in the seventies. Yeah, is the perfect example. Uh, where the they just the, had, the where Bulls, the, Lakers, the old Lakers, yeah. the Bulls had a collection of talent. But, but yeah. the Bulls also at the time did not have. I mean, yes, you had a big three because they were the three best players on the team. And yes, Pippen and Jordan were the two best yeah. of their positions. Mm-hmm. And Rodman towards yeah. the end of it. But listen, you didn't have Ewing, you didn't have Bird, you didn't have Barkley, you didn't well, have Mo- like there was so still Bird had a team around. I mean, yeah. like Parrish and, and McHale and all those guys, they were all great but around. If you're a basketball fan, you know those guys. Ask the average sports fan. Yeah. Can't name another person on that team yeah. outside of like I, Bird. I bet you they could have if they were if you know, if they were fifty, sixty and they were around that. You know, know what I mean? Yeah, we're a little younger, mm-hmm. and so we weren't uh, conscious basketball fans in the 70s. Or, you know, we weren't even born yet. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, conscious. Right? I was born in 79, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, just, I wasn't paying attention, you know? <laughs> um, but it's, it's you know, the Lakers used to do that too, where they had Magic and Kareem and, mm-hmm. and Dennis Scott, you know what I mean? Yeah. They had they had their own version Worldly. of it. And, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think being a sports fan, I think one of the things I just like is I like seeing the best go up against the best. I get so that. So I think, right. and listen, the, the Lakers have some of the best players in the NBA on yeah. one team. Sure. Right? Between LeBron and Anthony's. Now, granted. But I don't, I don't think it's bad for the league. I mean, no, the Warriors weren't yeah. bad for the league the last couple of years, no. even though they had all that talent. No, and, and I agree. I think, well, I mean, listen, I don't know. I, I don't look at TV ratings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you're, because if you're a basketball fan in you know, Chicago's a tough example because people will always watch the Bulls. Yeah. They'll get mad at them, but they'll always watch the Bulls because mm-hmm. of the team. But if you're, you know, um, an Orlando Magic fan, yeah, mm-hmm. why turn on the fucking TV? Well, they got <laughs> some young, great talent that if they develop some, make some good deals, they get... Mm-hmm. The way that the NBA works is, you know, if you have a bad team, you get a high draft pick. You stockpile that a couple years. You see in the NFL, too, with the Browns, mm-hmm. where they had... The number one pick so many times. That's been working out so yeah, well. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. now they have weapons on offense and they have a great defense of just full of high and it worked so well for them last year. Uh, and they're self-exploding, but, but that was, you know. that, <laughs> that was a bad Super Bowl champion. Yeah. That was a bad coaching hire. Yeah, and largely, and and the quarterback isn't who they thought he was. Well, we'll see. Maybe he develops into something, but yeah. you know he wasn't what he what he showed his rookie year. He didn't have his his sophomore year for some reason. Yeah. But um, and there is that sophomore slump thing that happens to a lot of players. Maybe mm-hmm. he bounces back. But in the NBA, it doesn't take as many years of being bad to get good because you 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 get five top five picks in right. five think, years, and you got a whole new. I roster. think NBA too. I think if you're a top ten draft pick, I think you're ready to play. 
Most years. Mo- They're most saying years, this year, years. this year's a really bad yeah, draft. Yeah. But like, look at Zion Williamson, guys, nineteen years old. Yeah, step right in. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. that's a rare. That's a. Rare, I think I still think that's a rarity. Mm-hmm. I think that this year specifically, a lot of the people that are going to be drafted in the first round are going to be sent right to the G League yeah. to develop or be role players. You know what I mean? They're yeah. going to play a certain number. Well, a lot of, of players still come up from the G League in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. More, yeah. more, more than, than ever. Because I look at the you know they're expanding the G League NHL. I mean, it's. It is a huge... I mean, if you're not a top three draft pick, you're playing AHL, OHL, ECGHL, right. you're playing the coach. You work your way up. Just in like baseball. You're working Even your way if up, you yeah. are a top draft pick in baseball, you They want you to go down because they want you to build up that speed. Yeah. You know, Learn how to be on the road for yeah. most of the year, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Um, it's great that you brought up Dennis Rodman because the last year, or the, the one year he was in Dallas for the Mavericks, he wore the number 70, and mm-hmm. this is episode 70 of the podcast. There you go. That's exactly why I did it. There you go. That's exactly why. Super segue. Uh, Fantastic. (laughs) The other one, the other big number 70 was Sam Huff from NFL. That was before my time. I don't Mm -hmm. really know anything about him. I've heard the name. That's about it. So those were literally the only two. What are you guys going to do when you get over 100? We're just going to stop doing this bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe we'll start with A and say, name the... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we could do like a... Oh, episode 104, the first time, the first picture to ever get a 104-mile fastball in the Major League Baseball. Yeah. I don't know. I, That's good. No, I, I'm, I, I'm I just trying that. to, you guys got 30 episodes to figure that out. Yeah, so, it is, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. 99, you better invite me back and better be all Gretzky. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll even wear Gretzky jerseys. There you go. Got one. We'll, Perfect. Yeah, you go. I hate wearing another man's name on my back. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm not really a jersey guy anymore, but I used to be. I used yeah. to be. I used to have the illest... Kevin Grant, uh, sorry, Kevin Garnett. Uh, when he was on the Celtics, he was in the he was in the NBA All Star game, and it was in New Orleans. It's the first time they did it right after Katrina. They were bringing raising all kinds of money for 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 mm-hmm. victims. Um, and I drove in from Tallahassee, which was crazy because mm-hmm. I had done that drive pre Katrina. Mm-hmm. Everything's vibrant, and then all of a sudden you do it after Katrina, and entire exits are just barricaded on the highway, and you could see like. There used to be a gas station and a hotel here and stuff, yeah. and there's just nothing. It was crazy. But when I was there, I bought the East All Star jersey for Kevin Garnett, and it was bad, man. That was that was my my probably the best jersey I ever had. Only jersey I own is a Walter Payton. Jersey. Yeah, you still wear it every yeah, football yeah. season. Walter Payton, that's it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think retired players. I have a Bobby Hall jersey. I got a Mike mm-hmm. Allstott jersey. I'm a Bucks fan, so I got a Mike Allstott jersey that I still rock sometimes. Yeah. I think it was just like I think. I personally have a thing that when you hit puberty as a man, yeah, you can't wear another man's name on your back. I get unless it. they're dead. Right. Um, when I was a kid, right. I had a Jordan yeah. USA basketball one from the Dream Team. Oh, when you were a kid. Cool. That's dead. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But when you yeah. hit that like puberty, eighteen years old type thing, like, yeah. hey man, like, yeah, exactly. Get a shirt with your own name on it, yeah. kid. Yeah. See, as a hockey fan, I refuse to get a hockey jersey with my name on the back because I didn't earn it. Yeah, because like true. in hockey, there's like this thing where like you. And in some sports, but really hockey is all about tradition. Like, yeah. like I to this day will not. I've, I've been fortunate to be around the Stanley Cup a couple times. I will not touch it because I have this just a superstition that if you touch it without without winning it, I, you'll never win it. I've used it as an ashtray for my cigar. Yeah. <laughs> but like, oh yeah. But like, my thing is, is like, like I'm gonna get like a phone call at 31. Like, hey, we need an emergency backup. Yeah. Like, you know, like the dude, the, the Zamboni driver, who just didn't got to do it. The yeah. best thing in all sports is hockey because you can be a Zamboni driver, <laughs> and within an hour you could be. 
<laughs> second period of a Kings game. That's Kings wild. Game. Yeah. That's awesome. but, but, you know, I, I got I to think about this. You know, I let me be the killjoy, right? Does that, in any way, you, you talked about does the big three uh, crush the NBA, you know, the, 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 the flow of the NBA. I got a question. Does having a Zamboni driver um, win a hockey game for you do something to hockey? Oh, are we saying it's bad for hockey? I, I'm just saying. You're like a Zamboni driver. I don't know the nuance of hockey enough to know. But I, 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 you're 100% right. Because here's the thing. If I was a gambler uh-huh. that night, betting on that game, because yeah. I have a friend who did. Who uh-huh. live bet against who, it. Who live betted the second he went in, and he let in two goals on the first two shots, and my buddy was like, Got this right. Zamboni drivers in, yeah. And somehow the guy magically managed to stand in front of every barely. I watched that game, it was barely (laughs) the rest of the game. Listen, it's happened twice in 15 years, yeah. It's not gonna happen 82 games a season per each team. It's happened literally twice. Now, they happen to be twice in the last two years, but it's happened twice in 15 years where the Zamboni driver or an emergency. So, every emergency goal, so every Every rink has a list of goaltenders that are called the emergency backups that you have ac- that both teams have access to. So if wow. you get called up as an emergency backup, you literally go to the game, they give you a ticket, you sit in a room with your gear, wow. and either team can call you up. Like he actually works for the Toronto Maple Leafs as yeah. their Zamboni driver. Yeah. And he's the emergency goaltender. So last year was a guy in Philadelphia who was a men's league goaltender who's a third grade teacher. Yeah. He got the call up to play for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it it happens so infrequently uh. that it doesn't affect it. Um, they've talked about adding a third roster spot, but if you're a third goaltender in the, in the NHL, you're never going to see the ice ever. Right. You know, even nowadays with a two goalie system, it just won't ever happen. Yeah. You'll be right. a healthy scratch most nights, and then you got to add all right the extra cost. If you're a goaltender, goaltenders stay fresh by constantly playing and mm-hmm. staying in games, mm-hmm. and so by taking them out of that game, you know yeah. it. You'll never see a change, man. Now, if next year, if it happens three more times next year, mm-hmm. then maybe you'll start seeing some changes. But right now, yeah. it'll never change. It's doable. So I don't get to talk to hockey fans often. Okay. I don't know that many. Although there's a, there's a lot here in Colorado because yeah. yeah. the Avalanche have a pretty Great team. rabid Great fan team. base. Mm-hmm. But um, they're all going to be biased. Who should I be betting on to win the Stanley Cup this year? <laughs> <laughs> Vegas? Colorado? Chicago? You want me Hockey's tough because it is a you, goaltender gets hot, changes the whole game. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent happens. Yeah. Um, right now, you, Tampa Bay, I think, is actually my bet for this for the Stanley Cup this year. They got an awesome team. They came in with their team last year set the record for the most regular season points. Oh yeah, I remember that thing. But they got bounced in the first round by Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. The problem in that that series, and I, I told my buddy last year, was they had never faced adversity in that series. Like mm-hmm. in their in that whole season because NHL so they weren't ready. For you're it. playing a game every other night, and so listen, a team gets your number one night. Hey, we're gonna go on. We're gonna win five more the next. We're not gonna see that team. But when mm-hmm. you're playing the same team for seven nights in a row, mm-hmm. you can adjust your squad and your game plan to play against a certain team. Right. Columbus did that. Right. And they were, you know, Tampa Bay was up three goals going into the second period, mm-hmm. and then lost four to three mm-hmm. in that first game, and they. They were so shocked. They had no idea what to do coming back. And it messed them up. And it messed them up for the, the whole thing. And so I, I think love the seven game series. I, I do too. It's what I like. It's the best part about baseball is the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best part about basketball is that they do the seven game series. You know, like I 
you know, you see Houston Rockets doing this small ball thing, and it's working in the regular season, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's going to work in a seven game series. Yeah. When, when yeah. you play the same team yeah. every night, and yeah. you can't dress the right players, yeah. you, know, you pull coaching becomes cards. so important. Yeah. You're coaching because, yeah. you know, when you're coaching regular season, you're trying to coach systems that are going to win you lots of games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Stay prepare healthy. your team for the playoffs. Prepare your yeah. team. But when you're in the playoffs, every game is a must-win game. And you have to adjust. and maybe so you have to adjust that. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I think that's, you know, and I know it's a completed for sport, but that's part of the reason the Patriots have been so good for so long is that Bill Belichick is able to come with a completely different game plan week to week. Every time. Because he's always focused on maybe not the most athletic or the biggest name athletes, but the mm-hmm. smartest guys. Exactly. He always wants to have the smartest team so that they can handle a very quick change in game plan for the team. I, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. I like the, the role of the coach in, in, in team sports but, amazingly. But yeah, keep, keep an eye on Tampa Bay this year. I think that'll help them out. Right. OV. Is the machine man in Washington? That That's where I grew up, and so um, you know, I, I don't know anything about hockey, but I'm so partial to them. But um. and then you know, West, you know, actually, if you wanted to make a couple bucks on the West, yeah, Colorado Avalanche, man, they're nine. I just saw they're nine to one to win it all, dude. They mm-hmm. are like I talk about a value play. Yeah, that team gets under because a small market. Yeah, rel- relatively small market because of Colorado. This is why I get but, twenty to one in the Nuggets. But you got, great. <laughs> you got you um, got you got McKinnon. If, if they can get if they can be healthy for the playoffs, that's their yeah. That's the big thing moving into the playoffs that they're healthy. Every mm-hmm. sport, but but those guys specifically because their first line is the second best first line in hockey. Wow. Next to the Marshawn line and and Pasta line in Boston, the second best line in hockey, mm-hmm. and they're unbelievable. Cole McCarr, that kid, the defenseman kid that they have on the on the back end, mm. this kid in last year on Friday night won the Hobie Baker, which is like the Heisman Trophy in hockey. On Saturday night won a national championship for Boston University. Um, on Sunday signed his contract for the NHL for the Colorado, and on Monday night scored his first career goal in the NHL in a playoff. Game. Wow, what a week! The, what the, a the week. kid is going and on to be Tuesday night. He had a threesome. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Monday night after that game, yeah, that kid was not good as Paul's But but that that kid is going to be a generational talent for the mm-hmm. for the Avalanche. Like, and I'm so happy like growing up an Avalanche fan yeah. and growing up a Blackhawks fan like to see the Avalanche. Like it's been really nice because when the Avalanche have been good, the Hawks have sucked, and when the Hawks have been good, the Avalanche have sucked. You've always had a horse in the race. So I've always had a horse in the race. Yeah. But right now, man, the Avs, that team. Now, can they beat? You know, can they beat Vegas? Yeah. Vegas is good, man. Yeah. Talk about team construction. They went from no team to a very good team like that. And if you want a fun atmosphere, go see a Vegas Golden Knights game in person, man. No. I'm actually kind of mad about it because I was really hoping that like they would suck. And I'd be able to get cheap tickets and yeah. go to the games, mm-hmm. dude. It is electric. That that city's a hockey town. Yeah, they just it's, came out of the gate that way. Yeah, dude, just <laughs> right out of the way, man. They, it's a great city for sports, dude. It's, yeah. I think it's. I, I can't it, believe it's taken this long. It for is a sport. To do I think that. the gambling scared people. Yeah, I, I think they were. Now yeah. we can do it everywhere. Well, it's legal in Colorado now. People we're like us to, made it hard for it. There's about to be books at Blackhawk sports books at Blackhawk. Is there? Yeah, dude, there's, there's building a sports book at Wrigley. Yeah, in Chicago. I mean, it's. I, just can't can't, I think it's a CT Technologies uh, with the operation. Or maybe it's a Williams Hill. Whatever, regardless. I, I just, just can't wait where I can gamble in any... Because I travel so much. I can't yeah. wait where I can have one app where I can gamble anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can, just not 100% legally. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's it's amazing. I mean, I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's happening state by state, but it's 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 about to happen here. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, this was this was fun. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for coming in, cool. man. What do you think of this cigar? Now that you smoked all of it. <clears throat> well, I'm 
pretty much smoking my. Uh, oh, so you're burning your fingers. Uh, yeah, I'm smoking so. my uh, fingernails right now. It, uh, I, it, it shows you that you cigar. like it. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, usually I not this far down. You there, know, you know, there hasn't been often when you smoke a cigar. There's like a drastic change. You mm-hmm. know, when you get into that bottom third. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I don't know, you know, it just kind of builds up. Some of the stuff builds up, and just yeah. the flavor changes. This has been really consistent from when I lit it all the way, and I still have like a third left. Yeah. But it's been really, like the same flavor's flavor. been the, the yeah. same. I like you know, this. Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, who knows? Maybe this is a 2020 Ash. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, I'll slip you guys a 20 when I leave. There you go. <laughs> now we're talking. Hey, yeah, that takes care of it. No. It's working. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> We started this podcast to get free cigars. I never thought I'd get some cash stuff in my pocket. It was great. Um, All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Anybody that wants to uh, submit a question, just send it to ask at betyourash.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's at betyourashpod. Anything else? No, that does it. That does it. We'll see you guys next week. or We'll we'll talk to you guys next week uh, for episode 71. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Punto com para detalles.